Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Roisin. And welcome to the Fitness Fertility Podcast. This podcast is all about how improving your physical fitness can help support you on your very own fertility journey. I'm a personal trainer who specialises in training women with fertility problems. I myself have PCOS and have had two beautiful boys, and I'm on a mission to help you do the same. Before we get into it, we will be discussing adult themes such as where do babies come from, pregnancy loss and bereavement. We may also be sweary from time to time. We are optimistic, lighthearted girls, but we know this is a really stressful time for some of our listeners. We respect that. In this week's show, we are talking about testosterone. And I'm going to be honest, if you had heard me researching for this week's show, you would have mostly heard me saying things like, what? And no way. And whoa, this is so interesting. So Roisin, when I say the word testosterone to you, go on, tell us, what do you think of? Bodybuilders. I'm assuming everyone says bodybuilders. <laughs> yeah. I know women have testosterone. I am also really interested this week's show because it's actually more important for women than we really think. You're absolutely right. So when you say testosterone, people think weightlifting, they think massive muscles. You might think aggression for anyone that's looked at psychology or biology in the past. You might think of male boldness. If you happen to know about that in testosterone, which is a whole other thing. Whenever you ask people about testosterone, no one ever links it to women. Most people go, I think women maybe have a little bit of testosterone, but they're usually not so sure. The kind of general overview of testosterone is it is an androgen. It's a male hormone. But women do definitely have testosterone. And actually, testosterone is a crucial hormone for a woman's sexuality. It's massively important for a woman's libido, so their sex drive, and it's massively important for women's energy as well. From looking at the research for this week, the honest truth behind this is a lot of the research is saying, we need to look at this in more detail. There's this really lovely quote that I was reminded of, women are not just small men, we are different. So the testosterone in us, we have to look into this as women, not just men. It's absolutely crucial for women's sexuality, like I've just said, libido and energy. There is evidence that testosterone does peak around ovulation, which again, we'll come back to later, but there is some evidence that it is crucial around that middle of your cycle. It's highest in women during puberty, tends to peak in the early 20s. Roisin, I'm afraid to say for anyone that is interested in the perimenopause or the menopause, by the time a woman reaches menopause, her testosterone levels have usually dropped by 50%. That's less than the amount estrogen drops, but it's massively significant in terms of health because like with estrogen and progesterone, you know, all these hormones do work together, but they do have different jobs. So the fact that your testosterone drops massively, one of the reasons it's so important just for general health, before we get into the more fertility specific information, it's needed to build muscle and tone the body. So for anyone that is taking on board our advice over the last few shows, you know, we're always saying build the muscle, lift the weight, do the resistance training. Well, testosterone is absolutely key to this. It's significant that testosterone drops, not just because of fertility, but just to do with you feeling good in your own body. And actually, Roisin, that's what you and I were talking about privately. We were just saying a lot of it is just about feeling good and comfortable and confident in who you are. And testosterone, because it's linked to muscle mass so much, has a huge role to play in that. Yes, testosterone is absolutely a male hormone. And yet I did know that there was a certain drop. I never thought there was a 50% drop in testosterone. The reason why testosterone is important is because it keeps the muscle mass. And the reason why the muscle mass is important is the muscle binds to your bone. Keeping some weight training in your routine, it's, it's 
so important because it keeps that muscle binding around those bones, regardless of where you are, what age you are, what part of life you're at. We always stress this is about fertility, but get that practice in now, get those good habits in now, start lifting some weights now. It will so benefit you when we get to those, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, beyond, because that's a time when if we have a fall, we could be in real trouble. The other thing I came across this week, which I thought was just fascinating, was the reason why women are not involved in large amount of medical testing. Okay, so we are under-tested. We are 51% of the population, but yet we don't tend to be invited onto trials. And the reason is to run medical trials is really expensive. If you are trialing women, you have to trial women that of a similar age, and therefore they have to have a similar menstrual cycle. So that is why men are more invited onto studies. They're just cheaper to test. <laughs> They're cheaper to test. Again, with my psychology head on, this is super interesting. It's, it's beta bias. So the fancy language for anyone that's interested is a beta bias. And it just means that research underestimates the differences between men and women, which is massively important when it comes to research around fertility, because we are not small men. We do have different biochemistries. We do respond differently, exactly like you've just said. And that's why it's really important that any research we do look at is actually tested on women. So top tip for anyone out there who also enjoys a bit of a deep dive, please do check the research you're looking at. Because if it's based all on men and you want to know what testosterone does in women, it's not going to be useful to you. Also, if you do think that you are low on testosterone in the UK, on the NHS, they give you a male version of the testosterone. But there is through private clinics, you can get a female version that comes in from Australia. Times are changing glacially but they are changing. Glacially, but good. And of course, the reason that it is really important that basically you sample women is because we're looking at fertility and it is different in men and women. We've kind of got this idea that yes, testosterone is important. It's important for general health. And yes, it's important for libido. I was reading this really interesting research, which is when you would have heard me going, what? In no way. And they were saying, not only does testosterone increase a woman's libido, which let's be honest, if you are going through it and you are trying month after month after month after month, all of a sudden you're five years in, your libido is probably not going to be as strong as it was five years ago when you started on this journey. So the fact that testosterone can increase a woman's libido, it can also even have an effect on the type of fantasies she has just as a result of having higher levels of testosterone. So it's kind of this wonder drug. And we talk about libido quite easily, I think, you know, we kind of throw the word around. But just to kind of reflect on this, it is really hard. If you are trying to conceive in the kind of traditional way, man, woman, doing the deed, month after month after month after month, it gets tough. It's tough to keep that going. So anything that can increase a woman's libido, I think is massively important. The research that has been done around women and the women's menstrual cycle, it has been shown that testosterone does briefly increase mid-cycle so around ovulation. 
this ties in with this idea of an increase in libido. So it's matching up with the estrogen. It's matching up with that lovely follicular phase where your eggs are growing in the follicles. And even though the research did say it does kind of peak at other times too, but there does seem to be a noticeable peak just around this ovulation time. And again, it's this amazing thing where your hormones are working with you to get your body ready and in the mood to have sex with your partner in the hope that you would then go on to conceive. It also increases circulation and this is, I think, incredible. It improves the production of your cervical mucus. This again just boggled my mind. So we've talked before on the show about cervical mucus and the idea that you want this lovely, nice egg white cervical mucus. The sperm likes it. You know, we've said before, this is the ideal situation for the sperm. But testosterone is also implicated in that. So not only is testosterone getting you in the mood, it's also having an effect on the mucus that is optimal for sperm to then swim through to reach that lovely egg. So it's just massive. It does so many things around fertility. It's huge. It is. Yeah, it's incredible what the body does. We keep saying it, but what the body does when everything is working well is just incredible. Yeah, I'm really excited about any future research around testosterone for women. I'm just really Mm. intrigued. I think Mm. we've very much thought this is just a guy's thing. And uh, Mm. a lot of assumptions were made around that. What would be the symptoms to identify if you have low testosterone? The key ones that you'd be looking for are changes in your breast tissue. Like we've just said, have a low sex drive. And again, not because you've been trying for five years, fairly early on, when you would expect that your sex drive should still be at a nice, healthy level. You might experience missed periods or irregular periods, osteoporosis, brittle bones, bones that break easily, vaginal dryness, which now comes up every week, loss of energy, low muscle mass, which makes sense because testosterone is crucial in building muscle mass. Poor sleep, again, is another one. And this comes up again and again. It comes up with estrogen. It comes up with progesterone. The reason poor sleep, just to pause on this one slightly, the reason poor sleep is very important, it's not just because you feel tired and grumpy the next day and you reach for the sugar and reach for the caffeine and that affects your BMI. Sleep is linked to egg quality. You need a really good night's sleep. When you are asleep, your body does all kinds of amazing things. So the poor sleep thing is much more important than just you feeling tired. So that's another massive one. When it comes to fertility and accessing fertility treatment, if you have low testosterone, it might be that you actually have difficulty losing body fat. Again, hugely important because anyone that's trying to get to this 29 BMI, it's hard anyway. You do not want anything like testosterone sticking its oar and make life even harder for you. So it might just mean that it's harder than it should be to lose that body fat that you really need to lose. You might have things like you feel the cold more than you would normally expect, but your thyroid tests are normal. Low mood, lack of concentration. It might affect your head hair. It might affect your body hair. And these things just all contribute to you being unhappy, but also they're going to have effects on your fertility. Sorry to interrupt, but I know that you want a baby in 2023. So I'm excited to tell you all about my new training plans. Many of you are fed up with trying to lower your BMI alone. You feel confused and overwhelmed with the information around fitness for fertility, and you really just want a baby. My training plans are designed to support you at whatever stage of your journey you're at, whether you need to lose 12 pounds or more to reach your target BMI, whether you need accountability support and whether or not you need meal plans to support your healthy eating and BMI. Head over to fitnessfertility.com forward slash training for fertility to find out more 
or book in for a free consultation at fitnessfertility.com forward slash free consultation. And now back to the show. It's really important to track your symptoms around ovulation. When you go to the doctor, you can say, I've got these symptoms and they are all pointing in one direction or another. And I do understand there's a lot of overlap with estrogen, but at least you can go in and say, let's check both because testosterone is testable. Because estrogen has so many receptors in the body, it kind of floats up and down throughout the day. It's not something that it's very easy to measure. Most doctors will test on a symptoms checklist. If you have X amount of symptoms, you've probably got low estrogen. But testosterone is a blood test. They can absolutely Mm -hmm. draw some blood and they can tell you exactly where your testosterone is. So it's one of those things that you can go in and get Mm. some very, very clear guidance from your doctor about. Absolutely. And like we've always said, this is more than just tracking my period started today, my period ended four days later. So when we're talking about menstrual tracking, we're talking about, yeah, absolutely record when your period is, record the overall length of your cycle, but really start to hone in on the symptoms, especially if you have been trying to conceive for a year or so, because it is the fatigue, it is the vaginal dryness, it is the never being in the mood, you know, it is the having the low libido. You're not going to remember. Know that on the day you think, oh yeah, yeah, I'll definitely remember this. You won't. So it isn't just tracking your period. It's jotting down as many of these symptoms as you can, even if you just do it for three or four months. Let's say you're nine months in. Unfortunately, you haven't managed to conceive yet and you're beginning to think, look, I might need to go back to the doctor. Just for those last few months, just really try and hone in on these subtler symptoms that might not be testosterone, might be estrogen, might be progesterone, but it just gives you more to go to the doctor with. It isn't just my cycle is 35 days long and, you know, this is this length. Knowledge is power. So if there are symptoms of low testosterone, I'm assuming some girls are walking around with too much testosterone. They are. And when I was reading this list, again, this was where I was going, what? Oh, okay. So you can also have levels of testosterone that are too high. And the research has shown that four to seven percent of women produce too much testosterone in their ovaries. Fascinating. Okay. I had no idea about that before I I was looking into this. If your levels of testosterone are too high, things that you're going to be looking out for, acne, blood sugar problems, excessive hair growth, usually on the face, infertility, which is, you know, just the general bracket of infertility, but you know, the problems associated with infertility, probably lack of menstruation. So you're not having those periods. Obesity might come into it, which again is the kicker when you're trying to lose weight because you're trying to improve your fertility. And for anyone that's on the ball here, these are the symptoms of PCOS. So for a lot of women with PCOS, you literally go down the list and you tick that off, you tick that off. So with me, I don't mind admitting acne. Like I still get skin flare-ups. I was actually chatting to a client the other day and I was saying one of the problems I have with PCOS is despite the fact I'm about to turn 40, I have to be so careful with my skin. I get breakouts that I just shouldn't have at this age. And I'm sure it's to do with the hormones. Blood sugar problems. My family used to joke that my lips just go blue sometimes. And I think it's to do with blood sugar. It's hard to explain. Like I'll kind of glaze over and I don't even know it's happened. And my lips just go blue. And they're like, Maria, quick, eat some sugar. I'm lucky that I don't have excessive hair growth, but I did have the complete lack of periods. It doesn't mean that I definitely have high levels of testosterone myself, but all I'm saying is I could relate to a number of these, and especially with my PCOS diagnosis. You know, it just made me wonder, you know, Dr. Google, you know what Dr. Google's like, but it made me wonder, I was like, you know what, maybe, 
Maybe I have a little hint of excess testosterone, but these are the symptoms you would be looking out for. Point being, none of them are good for fertility. So again, it's just something that you just really need to track and not ignore. And if you do go to the doctor, take them to the doctor and say, look, I don't think this is normal. Is there something we can do here? I'm interested, when you got your PCOS diagnosis, were your testosterone levels ever checked? No. We've discussed this briefly. I don't remember getting my PCOS diagnosis until I was in my 30s. I was put on the pill when I was about 15, 14, 15, I can't remember, but young. I was put on the pill for my skin. I do not remember there being any mention of PCOS, but that is what it is because later when I started the, right, we're going to go and have your meeting with Wonder and we're going to go and do the scans and we're going to do all of that. That's when the PCOS diagnosis came out. But no one ever mentioned testosterone. To be honest, even with the PCOS diagnosis, I remember for me, it was like a bit of an aside because in some ways it wasn't the diagnosis that was important. In some ways it was the, you are not ovulating. Oh yeah, it's probably because you got PCOS. But the point is you're not ovulating here, have some Clomid. But no, testosterone was never, ever, ever raised. And genuinely, when I look at that list, I tick a lot of those boxes. You know, I've got a slightly deeper voice. I've got the acne. I do have blood sugar problems. Maybe there's a little bit of excess testosterone floating around. But no, just wasn't talked about at all. Never talked about. I'm just wondering how many people are out there and their their symptoms are being masked. Because you presented with this skin problem, and obviously it must have been quite bad for a parent to bring you know, mm, you know a 14 or 15 year old to mm. GP and say, we have to do something with her skin. But why does she have really bad skin? Yeah. Why? I don't know if things could have been done, if the why question had been asked earlier. This is so, so important. Fine. Put me on the hormonal pill. Why? You're so right. Because the knock-on effect is you have bad skin when you're 14 or 15. That knocks your self-confidence. You then get put on the pill. The pill plays havoc with your hormones. Okay. So for the next 20 years, your hormones are all over the place. Every kind of 5, 10, 15 years, you have to change pill as you change. But still, nobody is telling you this is why you're on the pill. Then you come off the pill And, you know, you're like, who am I? Who am I? Who is left behind when the hormones? And then your hormones are so out of whack. The oestrogen and the progesterone, they affect your mood. So you've been on the pill for 20 years. You've got no idea who you are because you've you've been masking your natural hormones. You come off, your hormones go berserk. You have no idea who you are. You know, and you're like, boom, welcome to my 30s. I, I think this is massive. Yeah. And do we have a plan? For example, is PCOS or low testosterone best to be aware of them and they may interrupt the flow of fertility. Best not to leave that too late. Completely agree. It is all about education and just talking about it. You have to talk about fertility and not in terms of don't look at a boy, you might get pregnant. You have to understand the menstrual cycle and boys have to understand about sperm and their testicles not getting too hot. Everybody has to understand this is how fertility works in you. And yes, you do get taught it in school, I don't think you fully understand the relevance of it. Why would a 14-year-old understand the relevance of his sperm quality? Why would a 15-year-old girl really be bothered about her egg quality? And this reminds me of a lady I was speaking to on my consultations last week. And she's this amazing woman who really planned ahead here. She froze her eggs. And that is just the most amazing thing. She froze her eggs years ago. She's now in the situation where she's met the love of her life. She met him later than she was perhaps planning. And now they're ready to have a baby. And she said the biggest thing that she can say to her younger self is thank you for freezing the eggs. 
you should grow up knowing about egg freezing. And I think it should just be part of education and just spoken about. Sure. You need to have honest discussions. Some of this stuff is genetic. So it's important to pass that information mm. down the line. I know my girls are going to be sat down. <laughs> like it or not, they're going to get the chat. <laughs> they can come to Auntie Maria Roshi and it'll be all right. I think Maria, you probably <laughs> would be best placed. <laughs> what could we do today to improve our testosterone position? Luckily, there's quite a few things you can do just day to day to manage your testosterone levels. Even if you're not 100% sure if they're too high or too low, just in the spirit of doing everything you can to support your fertility. One of the key things to be aware of is testosterone can really affect your blood sugar level. And this is just because all of your hormones are linked. They all work together. Just to nip back to what we've talked about in the past to do with insulin and processing sugar, if you have high insulin, which is linked to PCOS, what that then does is it tells the ovaries and your adrenal glands to make more testosterone. And the reason I'm saying this is because a lot of women with PCOS are insulin resistant, therefore their insulin levels will be too high. So one of the things that's really important is to try and balance your blood sugar especially for women that have PCOS and struggle with insulin. Balancing blood sugar is really important. You need to be eating foods that are slow release, whole foods, nice balances of protein, nothing that's going to suddenly spike that blood sugar. Because if your body doesn't use insulin in the way you need it to, your blood sugar levels are going to be all over the place. And that just makes you feel, it makes you feel rubbish, but it can also lead to things like inflammation and ultimately have a knock-on effect on all your hormones as well. So trying to eat foods to really balance your blood sugar is massively important. The other cool thing you can do is increase your zinc. Zinc deficiency is quite common. Zinc is a mineral that's really important for suppressing androgens, including testosterone. Zinc will help to manage your testosterone levels, but it's also really good for ovarian function as well. So if you can try and include foods like pumpkin seeds, hemp seeds, chickpeas, lentils, mushrooms, avocado, all of those things will just help manage your levels of zinc, hopefully increase your levels of zinc if that's what you need. Basically, you can look at zinc like a kind of PCOS testosterone blocker. Zinc is for if you think that you have high testosterone. Yes, absolutely. Because zinc will try and kind of keep at bay androgens. So it will suppress androgens. Testosterone is an androgen. And again, like we always say, get checked by a doctor. You know, we're not doctors, but zinc is something that if you have high levels of testosterone and you know you have high levels of testosterone can be a really nice, natural, healthy way of trying to manage those testosterone levels. I suppose now you want to talk about exercise. Oh, Roshi, you know me so well. <laughs> Shocker. This is one of my favorites. How to boost testosterone through exercise. This is the good stuff that Roshin loves in life. Might not be surprised to know exercise boosts testosterone production. What the research has found is that when it comes to the particular type of exercise, endurance exercise and resistance exercise, so that's your weight training, they increase testosterone production in women regardless of your age. So this is what's really cool. It doesn't matter what age you're doing this. You can be in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, your 70s, and it will help, which is just this amazing thing. This is why exercise is like medicine for me, 
because look at the changes it can make to your body. It's just incredible. With the resistance training, that's your weight training, the more muscle mass you have, the more testosterone you'll produce. So build the muscles. For fertility purposes, we know you don't want your testosterone levels to be too high. We are going to suggest you avoid suddenly taking up extreme bodybuilding. Keep it within the normal levels. Don't suddenly turn into an incredibly lean, high testosterone bodybuilding gym goer. But nice resistance training, endurance training. Stick to lower impact workouts so you can still lift. Like we're always saying, avoid the really high intense workouts for lots of reasons in relation to fertility. When you're talking about endurance, what kind of exercises would you classify as an endurance exercise? Fabulous question. Endurance exercise is those exercise sessions that last a longer amount of time. So it might be your longer runs. You're going at a less intense pace, but you might be going for slightly longer. You've got to get the balance right. And this is where fertility training can be a little bit more complicated. You don't want to be doing too much to stress your body out. You don't want to suddenly be taking up a marathon. But equally, you don't want to be going to hell for leather in the gym with your HIIT training either. Having that nice kind of six out of 10 effort, as I always say, for whatever particular form of exercise you're undertaking. Is the training different if you've got high testosterone? If you think you've got high testosterone, first thing I would say is definitely go to the doctor because it might be that you do really need to be careful with your muscle mass. You do need to be really careful with the resistance training in the gym. But these things are complicated. Try and find a doctor that does actually understand sports medicine. This isn't me trying to patronise anybody, but not all doctors are the same. I've been to different physios in the past. I now only really go to sports physios because they specialise in a different area. If you can't in your practice get someone like that, ask for the doctor that works with the uh, peri and menopausal women because they are so good at testing hormone levels. That's what they do. If you do suspect that you've got low testosterone, again, this is general advice, speak to a nutritionist, but in general, the advice would be avoid an extremely low fat diet. Try not to have a really restrictive low fat diet because like we've said before, it's just not good for overall health and it's really not good for hormone balance. Your hormones are so so crucial to how you function as an individual. You just want the balance to be as good as possible. And like the analogy that I've used before, it is like putting the best possible fuel in your car. And a lot of those really low fat foods, they're not actually that good for you. And a lot of the time it's just a kind of marketing ploy to get you to buy them. Look at what's in the ingredients, try to avoid the chemicals, try to go for as few ingredients as possible. But long story short, dietary fat is strongly linked to testosterone levels. So you need lovely, healthy fats. You need the avocados, like we've said before, the pumpkin seeds, coconut oil, which I love, olive oil. Try and have that lovely, nice, healthy whole foods in there just to try and keep your endocrine system nice and balanced, doing everything it's supposed to be doing. It's all part of that eating real food, isn't it? My resolution for this year was to eat real food. It doesn't often come in a packet with lots of ingredients on the back. The goal is to eat as many different varieties of plants as I can. And the very best thing mm. about that, and I, you might think, oh God, well, you know how many are out there? There's, there's thousands, especially when you are considering herbs. People don't realize how important they are to your well-being and to your health and to your hormone levels. Actually, really glad you brought up herbs because again, when someone says testosterone to you, I don't instantly think, ah, oh, yeah, herbs. 
But, and this was why I was going, what? Herbs are so important, not just for your general endocrine and your hormonal system, but just in relation to testosterone as well. Again, look at the herbs that you could take. You've got things like licorice, you've got nettles, spearmint tea, which I have to say I love, especially if you've got a slightly funny tummy. Spearmint tea is amazing. There's loads of herbs out there and there is research to say that they support testosterone trying to get that balance right, trying to get the optimal level of testosterone in your body. Speak to the nutritionists, speak to the people that specialize in this area. Think herbs. There might be some things in there that you can just bring into your daily life that will really help manage those levels of testosterone. Testosterone is undertested in women, but obviously so important for fertility, but also for general health. We go back to the idea of why do we advocate for fitness and fertility. It's because we want you to have the body that not only can produce the baby, but can sustain the pregnancy and it's going to be there for you afterwards. It's all for the good, I can assure you. Pick up some weights. Pick up some weights. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more, Roisin. Talk about weights, Maria. What will we be discussing next week? Nicely done, Roisin. Very nicely done. Next week, we are going to be looking at this idea of building muscle. And I'm going to be sharing with you ways that you can train that you've probably never heard about before that really help you to build muscle in a lovely, healthy way that will really support your fertility. So tune in next week to hear different methods of training that you can use to really help support your fertility. Thank you so much for listening to this week's show. Remember to subscribe to get a shiny new episode each week and please rate, comment and really importantly share with your friends, especially our trying to conceive sisters. You never know who's struggling and they may need that little bit of extra help. This may come as a surprise, but we are not doctors. We strongly recommend that you consult with your doctor before beginning any exercise or nutrition program. Get everything checked out first. Your safety is our priority. This has been a Worth a Listen production.